0: Hi, I'm your host, Thomas, data scientist, data engineer, and you're listening to Let's Talk AI. On this podcast, we receive experts to talk about their experience, visions, challenges, with no fear to go into technical details. If you're looking to learn more about AI and related subjects, you're at the right place to so make yourself comfortable and enjoy. If you like this episode, please give us a review on your favorite streaming platform such as Spotify or Apple Podcast. You can also find more content on my LinkedIn newsletter. Welcome, everyone. I'm super happy to be here with Jérémy Ravenel. And uh, today, a new episode of Let's Talk AI. Jérémy, can you introduce yourself in a few words?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Jérémy. I'm French. I'm um, French. I come from a non technical background I am a mm-hmm. financial analyst by training I did a master in finance focus on cash uh, management and treasury um and I was the I was that guy in in the in the business department that knows better how to get the data crush the data into excel create reports for for the the boss basically <clears throat> so I try to extend my Tool and stack of tools um, to something greater than Excel and VBA and PowerPoint. And this is how I deep dive into data and AI. So,
0: yeah, that's a bit of a short story. Awesome. Awesome. This is a great retrospective. And I have so many things uh, I would like to talk about you. I would like to talk about NAS with you, uh, which is your uh, software as a service uh, that you're building. And uh, I've also seen a lot of posts from you about. Uh, how to use AI and data for env- 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 environmental sorry, um, issues, yep. um, how, to, how to take care of the planet with data. So that would be one thing things I would be super interested in asking about. Very cool. Um, but uh, let's start uh, by, by the beginning. Well, you know what? I would be really interested to know um, a little bit, uh, well, first of all, can you tell us about what is NAS? So
1: NAS, um as I told you, I I was a financial analyst, I was using Excel VBA PowerPoint, and I was really fed up and, and, and scared about the future of my my um my work. Mm-hmm. Um Excel doesn't scale, it's not automated, it doesn't bring any kind of trust in how the data is constructed because you cannot mm-hmm. be plugged to the systems and everything. So I did dive into data science and of course the first thing that I did was downloading Anaconda um, on my uh, local machine and started uh, opening a notebook and 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 learned a bit of uh, how Python works and uh, how to transform the data mm-hmm. with a scripting approach versus a manual copy pasting approach that you can have. Or, uh, um, or maybe a bit scripting in the VBA world, but still, you know, very, mm. very different to go into a notebook, <clears throat> go into um, Python and, and learn about. How things are done uh-huh. um, in data. so i I started this way, okay um, I left my my nine to five jobs six years ago, uh, started my own business uh, consulting business. And I started doing integration work from source data to dashboards by writing scripts um, with, uh, there was me, my brother, also my brother is in finance, was in finance on the the banking side. So we started doing some consulting work on this. Mm -hmm. And we were really frustrated because we didn't manage to automate our work. You know, when you do a notebook in the data world, you do a notebook and then, Things, things are should be done differently. You know, you have a, a way mm-hmm. to develop the first script in your notebook, and then a way to push it to production for yes. you know standardization and industrialization. Mm-hmm. And we were very frustrated because we were not able to industrialize our scripts ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. We we're
1: really dependent on the IT team. Yes, and you know how crazy the backlog of the IT and data mm-hmm. can be. So we were like, oh. Shit, we need to like figure out how to deliver value faster. Because when you, when you work with business teams, you show them the notebook and the result of the notebook, they're like, yeah, okay, numbers are good, you can go forward, and then you wait weeks before it goes to an automation. So, mm-hmm. I dive into the work of uh, Netflix. I found out that Netflix was actually running a notebook infrastructure that uh, enables all their all their employees actually to spin up a notebook instance in their browser. And start making queries inside the notebook to get any kind of data literally, because they have a policy where all the data is open and everybody can query anything. So they had this technology that enabled automation and mm-hmm. email uh, delivery of the output of the notebook to 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 their users. And mm. this component was called paper meal. Oh yes. It, it's it's well known now um to to productionize notebooks and and so we we use this component to create the foundation the layer one of nas uh, which is the features layer and this feature layer is based on low code a low code approach i'm mm-hmm. from excel so i tried to create sort of formulas where um you have like uh tabular kind of approach. You do your function and then you put into parentheses argument one, two, three. So basically it was nas.scheduler.add and then you put a cron, cron uh, task inside parentheses. You mm-hmm. put that into your notebook and you have a notebook running every day at nine. And then we added the notification feature where you can send an email. Then we created a, an asset feature where you can expose a graph that has been created into the notebook to the outside world through the email. Then we created a webbook feature to trigger the notebook from a distant point, than you're actually in your actual instance. Mm-hmm. So all those were the low code features, the low mm-hmm. code layer. On top of this, we created uh, another layer called the drivers. Mm-hmm. And the drivers is basically connection to tools, um, but not in a way that, uh, you know, Airbytes or or all those Fivetran or, you know, big like ELT solutions do. We mm-hmm. just want to pinpoint specific like data sets or. Yes. Uh, so we are like a data mesh kind of. This, this driver is kind of a data mesh library mm-hmm. where you, you just ping whatever what you want and you get an, a data frame mm-hmm. um, inside your notebook with it. So this is the layer two. It's kind of the, the integration layer while the feature layer is more like a DevOps kind of layer and um and um the third layer is um the templates and the templates are basically business logics that are already created mm-hmm. so we use templates as logic gates basically where you have a, always the same structure in the template you have an input section a model section and, and an output section and you use these templates as components mm-hmm. to create uh, what we call data products. And the data products can be dashboards, it can be APIs, they can be alerting system. Uh, in the future, we might be also able to fine tune like chat, chat AI system like uh, GPT, but fine tune for a specific purpose. So we have like this idea of using templates and not mm-hmm. templates as components mm-hmm. to be the building blocks of data uh, products. Mm-hmm. and this is how, what the platform is meant to be at the end of the day we are we're still building it but at the end of the day and, and but we have already like people using it and, and clients but we're still in the, in in the very beginning of the data product yes. building era mm-hmm. uh, i feel like uh, everything done in data so far is more about infrastructure and and very very you know uh s- specified kind of
0: tools Mm-hmm. I
1: believe that it's going to be more horizontal in the coming, uh, because you can see it in every any kind of of market, right? You you get specialized and then eventually everything consolidates to one. Uh, mm-hmm. You see it for the iPhone and for all this kind of big tech that you, you have like consolidation of technologies at one point. So we believe that NAS is going to become this platform
0: mm-hmm.
1: all-in-one based on notebooks, enabling you to really... Create anything you want in the notebook using the templates, and ship your data products in a very efficient uh, way. And this is already happening with a few of our clients that we, we take care of. And now we are like working on how to scale that thing that we created.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing uh, what is NAS and all those details. I have so many questions. I found so many things super uh, inspiring about what you said. And, and uh, I want to go back on, on different points. The first point that I would like to to bro that 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 I was thinking on my own is you said you came from a financial background, yeah, and today you have and then you said that you left your um nine five job to start your own consulting company um and I feel like you've you've made a very uncommon path in your career, not in a way that uh, you were very good at Excel and bringing value to the to the um, business people and the one that needed to take decisions. But to come from a financial background, because I have also a financial background and uh, we are not taught, uh, we're n- not even familiar with Python or very, very little just to like do... Yeah portfolio uh, portfolio management things and just balance your portfolio. This is the kind of things you might do with Python in finance. Um, yeah. and, and yet you've achieved so many things and you're building a SaaS and you're so aware of all the te- technologies um, that implies everything. So how did your learning path go and how did you gain all this knowledge through the years by having this financial background to today being... One of the leaders of NAS and pushing this SAS that really adds value to the business users.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I always was fascinated by tech. I know I come from. I think if you really, if I really deep dive into the the ideas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm <clears throat> I'm not a technical guy, but I'm fascinated by one thing, which is language
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and lang- language history, uh, music. Everything that communicates things to people, I'm I'm yes. fascinated by this. Mm-hmm. So when I when I had my first computer, I was like, oh shit, that's good. I can do. I can make computers do things. I can. I always saw technology to the. I'm talking to someone else, which is a computer. But I'm I'm basically using a certain kind of language to communicate mm-hmm. with the, with the machine. Mm-hmm. And um, so this was my like baseline. Um, I never saw. I saw a lot of abstraction and anything which comes back to language and how you communicate yes. uh, between two parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was like the baseline, and so I always was aware of you know technology. Always very interested in this. I entered the, um, the, the the finance background not by choice, but by like my dad forcing me to do business school because it pays well at the end of the road, and you will pay off your debt anyway. So this was like, and it was the financial crisis at the time that I was like doing this loan. So I did dive into it and understand about finance. So the question is more about why did you went so far from the tech to come back to it at the end of the day? Because I was already like really, really uh, uh, keen on, on on working in tech, in the tech sector when I was mm-hmm. like 17, 18. But okay. then I chose a different path more on, on economy and, 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 and finance, but, um, yeah, I always had this double kind of, uh, mentality or mindset, or, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so it's, it's more like, um, on, on, in your question, you were right about, we are not told when you, you come from a business standpoint, you're not told about technologies and how to use it and how to organize your data. You learn it by yourself basically Mm -hmm. you learn by yourself how to organize a stupid excel spreadsheet that looks like crazy impossible to read by a machine where you have like blanks line and people collapsing collapsing columns and you know things written in different way you understand at this point that it's not the way to manipulate data you need to have it tidy you need to have it in a certain way to like manipulate databases and consolidate data and all that stuff so i think that a lot of financial people or analysts knows that but they don't they don't learn it it. they they just come to the conclusion that things should be done in a certain way so Mm -hmm. we are not told what to do but we do data and analysts do data and business people do data a lot Um, but they don't they don't have the techniques so it was more about learning the techniques from the tech uh, the tech scene from how mm-hmm. oh, what's the best techniques to actually do stuff mm-hmm. uh, your intuition is good you only have you're only given an Excel spreadsheet, so you don't you have no choice to do excel like you, it's literally only what you what you what you're given uh, mm-hmm. the rest is i t stuff mm-hmm. so I think that the move was made because I was so frustrated that this word was not for me, then I went there and be like. I'm going to understand the hell of what's going on on the other side. Oh,
0: and, yeah. um,
1: and this is, yeah, this is out of the frustration of being like, why? Why should, yeah. why, why I'm not able to spin up a notebook? Why I'm not able to run code? Why, why are you blocking me and, 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 and letting me only do stuff in a stupid spreadsheet that can not scale? Yeah. And it's a risk for all the companies. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That, that's more my mindset on, on the topic.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing. I I truly I'm truly aligned with your point of view. I feel like when you go into the finance sector, you will do a lot of PowerPoint and Excel. And this is such a bad use of the time because, for example, you have this library that can automate um that can like you can use Python to update PowerPoint. Yeah. So yeah. and right now I'm working on an application where, where this is related and can yeah, yeah. allow a lot of time to my team. And Excel, PowerPoint, exactly. except, and Excel
1: Wings do, and
0: other things like that. Exactly. And at the end of the day, we just need, so this is super frustrating. And I think that uh, financial sector but through applications like yours will be able to go forward. But so far, I feel like it is very like the old method, like the old way of doing things. And this is so bad because it's such a waste of time. In terms yeah. of using Excel, in terms of doing over and over PowerPoint and Excel and, and, and like grinding and like doing fourteen hours a day of yeah. the same thing over and over where once you have your templates and your notebooks and you just know what you need, you just you just re execute everything and of course it is simplified, but um I I, I truly agree with you. And this but is you know
1: super- what 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 is interesting also is that what I found out in the, on the other side on the tech side is oh what the hell is it as complicated as that so I was I was coming from my Excel word where I was able to go to production myself I was able to change things myself I was able to like communicate and bring trust to uh the the executives that I was serving myself only me i, it, I you don't need anybody else like I can pull the data myself get the the analysis done and and that's it and mm-hmm. when you come to the Excel like to when you switch side and you're on than tech scene, mm-hmm. then, you need, um, then you are considered a data analyst. You need to work with the data scientists to run model. You need to work with the data engineer to pull data into the data warehouse. You need to work with DevOps to make sure that things are running properly, well, with software engineers to understand that the data. You have so many different, and it's so complicated, and the workload is so big in companies mm-hmm. like it, that you're like, okay, so I understand why I'm, I need to get back to Excel because, this thing that you're doing is so much complicated that like i cannot spend any minute trying to get in into this world so it's not like one side is blank and the other is 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 black it's, it's mm-hmm. like there is a, a kind of um I, I think also in the data world the, the we are still trying to learn and figure out what how data should be done is it software engineering not really but kind of is it like data engineering is it a specific field yes but it's also software so it's it's there's a lot of things and there's like peter wong the 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 creator of anaconda who talks about it in the in a show uh, with uh, lex friedman in the podcast where he's, mm-hmm. he's basically telling like hey data and software are merging together and we are still learning how to do it so when you come from a financial standpoint where you're like i need just to th- get things done i don't care about how it's done i want the numbers and i want them now mm. so you don't have the luxury of wa- waiting for technicalities to be put in place you just mm-hmm. like you grind with the people and you you make people work inside the excel spreadsheet hours and hours because you cannot wait you cannot lift the cost of like finding out how to do data the right way mm-hmm. and um so i think out of those two frustrations we are like okay so what's the common document that everybody use notebooks where people are stuck to go and move their notebooks to something else uh oh it's the productionization of the notebooks so which we, we try to tackle this first and and this is how we got there
0: hmm. that's super interesting i would like to hear you about uh well after i, I will ask you about uh how do you, like as a data analyst, how do you use a notebook? And do you have a framework to approach of course. specific problems? It's about
1: the standard, yeah. It's about but, building uh, a standard. All, all, that, every, every notebook is organized the same way. You have input, not, input, model, and output. You put your variables, import your variables, put your inputs. Then you write your model section where you basically have all your functions and then mm-hmm. you create your output. And all my notebooks are structured the same way and mm-hmm. this is this is why for the people who say like oh notebook shouldn't play in production and that, that sort of things mm. i just always answer that it's not about the notebooks it's about how you write stuff if you write mm-hmm. dirty code if you don't know how to write a good novel or if you don't if you don't if you're not a good writer then mm-hmm. obviously it's not going to stick in people's head or and on on or on any kind of machines so yeah. you need to just learn how to write so that Things are understood properly by the machine. And I think that this input model output is kind of the framework that works every single time in any kind of data problem. Uh, Mm -hmm. We should always separate the three and start with the output and then go backward to what Mm -hmm. needs to be done. So, yeah. So it's about building a framework. NAS is literally, you pointed out, NAS is literally a framework Mm
0: -hmm. to develop
1: data products. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And we really compare ourselves like React... You know, came into the game for web development where you, you, they basically structure the way you put your HTML, CSS, and GS file. NAS is just saying, okay, you should organize your IPYNB file, your notebook file in in such a way and using such kind of component that you
0: can actually ship data products uh, Mm -hmm. securely. Mm. That's super interesting. You mentioned earlier that uh, six years ago you left your company. Um, you left your company, your 9.5 job, to mm-hmm. launch your own consulting team, um, and you're <sighs> leading Nas. So I wanted to know about, uh, like, why did you leave your job, and and what kind of uh, what kind of missions do you take with your consulting company? And does is Nas is Nas uh, in the middle? Of the of how you guys work, uh, how your team work, can you give us a little bit insight on yeah, this? Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Um, so Nas is was born out of um, different freelancers, basically. I'm, and we still have this structure. We are, we, are, we are all, we all, we're all having our own structure. So um, people came, people went. There was different. Like the team evolved from two people, me, my brother, to seven, eight, then went back to five, then three then you know it's it's a collective of people basically mm-hmm. uh where i am the guy and uh, sticking <laughs> basically in the in the whole uh, game but i'm really it's about freedom uh that um so it's i left my 195 for finding freedom and um i cannot expect anybody else in my team to do the other but like to, to be not free so um that's that's the first uh thing. Um mm-hmm. I, I I wanted to get free on uh free to think, free to build, free to, you know, um move <laughs> and be anywhere else. So it's 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 what motivated me to, to do the the bye the bye to nine to five job. And mm-hmm. um and um it's it's pretty Cool, but it's also very difficult because you don't have the comfort of I get paid at the end of the day, anyhow. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. this this is something where we have been always struggling um, by allocating time between the product and the consulting work. And mm-hmm. we still have some tr- some struggle on this because mm-hmm. when you say
0: the product, you're talking about NAS. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: There's basically two things in what I do. There's product and there's still consulting where I'm still mm-hmm. providing services from time to time. I'm doing mm-hmm. it now to, to, to provide business people with expertise on how to, to do data the right way for mm-hmm. their activities. Yes. So, um, and this is very lucrative. This is bringing a lot of money.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> when,
1: when, when the product business is about burning a lot of money and um so to to actually get get to a point where this can scale so it's always hard because we didn't raise any money also so we 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 always try to like play on on both feet um Mm -hmm. of course it's hard to because you you don't go as fast as you would like in the product but you Mm -hmm. also take time to always connect to the ground and to the you know the the fact that I'm always connected to problems that, you know, companies have in the financial sector, in financial departments. My other partner works with other kind of topics, like in the tech scene, my CTO is working with technical teams to help them as well. So it's also a strength, I think, that we we are connected to, you know, consulting work mm-hmm. um, because it, it just makes what we do in the product much more accurate and and we even if we took like it too, it's been two years now we we still think that we did it the logical way we did we don't feel like we missed something in the way we slowly build up our conviction to yes, <laughs> this tool is actually needed mm. and and this is um, this is quite re- re- rewarding i think
0: um, mm. Mm. I would be super interested uh in uh, you that uh, is listening actually um i would be super interested to have feedbacks on like if you can give a look to nas give a feedback on the sas and uh, and check it out uh, i would be super interested uh, for the people to to discover and to understand and let us know if it brings value and if it helps you um you are talking about uh, well i just wanted to get back on one point maybe we have some business angels listening <laughs> and uh do you consider uh Getting funded, or do you want to keep it? Uh, how do you see it? We do, we do, we did Just need to find the right partners,
1: and it's mm. hard because um, there is basically two kind of investors. There is mm-hmm. the one who knows you, what you do. They know, and they understand the market, they understand what it is, what concretely it is. They they would be a user of your product. Mm-hmm. And there is the other guys that just want to pump and 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 see and their game. And so those guys who knows the product, they, I think they play more long game than the one that goes, hey, I am, I can have, I can like, put this much money in your company, but you need to burn it now. You need to burn it fast. You need to reach this tomorrow and this uh, the day after. Um, I think that you need to understand that if you bring someone in your company, you need to know which side is, is the person that you're taking in. Um, cause I think that there is literally only two types of, of, of mm. and, and those two types are, are dramatically different. And, mm. um, so I met with a lot of investors. I met with a lot of like uh, business centers. So, and we are now consolidating everything to a pool of people mm-hmm. that, uh, can 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 help us to to found the first stage of funding, let's mm-hmm. be a pre seed uh, stage. But we also want to open our um, capital to our community, and mm-hmm. uh, we are tr- also thinking and trying to figure out how to bring the community together and enable our contributors. Because um, NAS is open source, and all those templates created are created by. Um, contributors so we want also to have them in because um, at the end of the day it's about like community and people that agrees on a certain set of rules and standards on how Mm -hmm. to use notebooks to create products Mm -hmm. so we cannot do it without the help of like people in the notebook community that has been there for years so Mm -hmm. this is the kind of people that we are trying to connect with and people that see the potential of that book in the future to be like building blocks of data
0: products so mm. yeah that's super interesting um i was considering because i remember in the first call we talked about uh, aws and how they sponsored uh, nas so yeah i would like to go on that but just before uh, i would like to ask you when we when we build projects when when we're very passionate and even if it's if it's with no code um, or if it's with a Flask application in Python, or in C++ and, and we connect all those projects to do one thing, there is always this community thing, like this, this need. It's fundamental to build a community around the projects that we want to develop, to have feedbacks and evolve. And I wanted to ask you about building a community. Um, how does this start and how do you get feedback? feedback how many times do you get feedback did you build a discord did you build the slack can you give us a bit of insight of your vision regarding the community of nas
1: um yeah so it's it started out very randomly you know when we we started building nas we were we were doing it for our own sake sake mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. we we're trying to fix up client's problem, like it's taking time to deliver guys, can you speed it up? Because I cannot wait three weeks before those guys push it in production. So we're like, okay, let's do it. Boom, we created this thing. And um, a few months later, it started to feel like, oh, but if Netflix is doing it, then we might check out how they productionize notebook, how they use notebooks in production. Mm. And then we talked about it to AWS. And they were like, that's, that's actually a very good idea. Um so they were not they were not doing it with uh, SageMaker, which is their notebook instance um in AWS. So they were like, Okay, fine, you can try it out and you can like make some research and we're going to give you some server free server time so you can bring free users in and see if they like it or not and learn about that and and by the way, if you can share what you learn it's good. So um yeah we started collaborating with AWS like this AWS is a really 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 uh, interesting um uh, venture to, to you know get a project uh, up and running very fast i feel like mm. they're really they have good people that connect with you on a human level they're like mm. so good at human level service and you know uh, how they how they approach you the connection that they make with you it's really big shout out to them really because mm. um i feel like if you want to compare to other players, th- there's not as much human interaction in the other other players. Um mm.
0: and how did it happen? How did you get in contact with AWS? Did you reach out? Did yeah. was it on? we yeah, reached mail? out.
1: Yeah. We were like, hey, we have this because first it was uh the, the project was on a small um digital ocean server. Um so and yeah. and we started having people logging in and being like and it didn't feel right to just push everybody on this small server. We had to deploy it in, in a cluster with Kubernetes and with different docker machines and you know a, a bit more advanced kind of infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah, so we were like, "Hey Yeah, yeah. So we were like, "Hey, we have this project. Uh, it's running book in production. Um, we are just on this small server. We are using the same technology as Netflix. We want to package this thing that is doing for everybody else would you consider like helping us and getting getting a few credits? Um, so yeah, I was the one pushing this. Um,
0: um, and um, yeah, this is how it started. That's awesome. And like, did you reach out to someone LinkedIn or was it a mail that you, you know, find? Um,
1: uh, or many messages?
0: Through those people at uh,
1: st- Station F. Uh, I know that aws oh, yeah. was there, so I just reached out to the, to the contact over there.
0: Okay. Okay, Station F is in in Paris, right? Yeah, it's the um, it's, it's the the center startup of incubator. startups. Yeah.
1: So there was all this fuss about hey, yeah, there's yeah. this much company going there. So I just looked at the the. Yeah,
0: Station F is the place to be in France for startups, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's fairly good. Uh, I'm, I'm I think it's it's a good thing that they have created this, uh, but it's not because you're not there that you don't exist, and mm-hmm. it's. It's also very noisy there is a lot of people there's you know the I feel, coming back to freedom I feel like you're not when you're at station have you you're like I need to go there I need to connect there I need to be there every single day so mm. you're not free anymore to do whatever like you want to do yeah. and, and do work remotely and you know
0: mm. you still it's kind like of yeah grinding mode no you you yeah, you're going yeah, to yeah. like meeting everyone yeah. learning fully okay yeah. okay that's awesome, okay, this is super interesting how how you reached out to a w S and they give you resources and for you that is listening at the moment uh it also can show that if you have a valuable lady just sometimes reaching out to the right persons, well you can easily get some great uh great materials great um great tools that you think you should pay but they would be able to help you, and no, no, that's super pay. interesting. Don't pay. Ask for exactly, free. exactly. Ask for, you know, it's, that's it's awesome.
1: Like they just need to reach out, and it's the same for building a community. Literally, mm-hmm. you you don't ask for someone to get to to. You know, you, I'm not reaching to, to you. You you can have people interested in your idea and not forced into your ideas. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole point. You need to, don't need to. So for for the community. I said it's the same, but it's not literally the same. It's like, it's the same idea. You need to just show up and show what you're doing. And Mm. in the community thing, it's a bit different. Like you cannot reach as much people by email. um, So you just need to use the social media Mm -hmm. uh, to be there and just show up every day or every two days or every week. It was hard for me at first to do. There's like LinkedIn posts and doing stuff on LinkedIn, but uh, it's a game. Everything is a game, so you just need to ha- learn how to play it and um, and communicate. And it's it's enabling you to communicate your ideas. So we open sourced. We you know reached out to AWS, got off first, first uh, credits, um, mm-hmm. open source, launched some product, and. Uh, Got the first 400, 500 users, then um, we started building from there with the Mm. feedbacks and with the people using it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I would like to have more templates. Templates are really valuable to me because now I know that I can run the notebook on schedule, but what should I exactly do? Mm -hmm. So people like starting throwing ideas. So basically year one, we built the first foundation of people that were interested into the features. Mm um year two uh, the features and the drivers basically the year two which was last year was more about templates and starting like um understanding how templates can be um a good um how the 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 repository of templates that we have been building can be Mm -hmm. a good way to keep up with the community Mm -hmm. um because um we use the GitHub project to follow the different templates that we want to put in place. We tag people on the on the GitHub. Like we we didn't do this at first. We we were not a, allow, um, aware of GitHub and how to use GitHub. But now we cannot live without GitHub. It's the, the foundation of how the community and everything works in Nas. Mm. GitHub, and every decision, every like tick, every subject, every issue. Everything is, if you bring this culture of the the, um, community building, you also need to bring the way that people interact with the community. So first Mm -hmm. we were like, hey, this is the repository of all the templates. Just uh, push a PR and we'll figure it out. Then we Mm -hmm. spend hours (laughs) doing like the review and because the notebooks were not clean, they were not organized a certain way. So we started coming up with this like, input model and output structure and people started following and then we put the ci in place and mm. the ci enabled us to figure out oh but the, there is no input section or there is no model section so please do it so we try to automate the way that people mm. got feedback from us because the, the contribution was not good and then we used GitHub project and we started making like uh community calls every, every once in a while to show the, the roadmap, backlog, in progress, review done, to explain how things were moving inside the, the project and why their PR was not validated and stuff like that. And then we, we keep on pushing on the... Anytime you have a new template updated, I was pushing it to the social media, like, hey, shout out to this guy, he created this thing, check, it, check out the templates. Mm. And this is how you start the flywheel.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. Thanks for sharing how you manage your git. So so basically I would like to ask you a few questions. So the first thing because it's uh, open source so you pushed all the code of nas, yep. public, right? Yeah. So you have so you have um so so it's uh it's a SaaS, I understand. Is it's it a notebook f- infrastructure. It's an infra it's literally
1: an infrastructure where you run like docker machines and the docker mm. machines have um Jupyter lab uh, and um our layers, mm. the features, the drivers, and, mm. and the templates.
0: So for people to pull uh, the project, they need to install Docker, they need to install Kubernetes. Yes. And Not Kubernetes,
1: have... actually. We have a way to run it only on one Docker machine. So oh. the, 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 what you can do is run it on your local machine with only one Docker. You need have, to have Docker installed and you, you can run it. But mm-hmm. it's limited to just the key feature, which is the, the scheduler feature. For the mm-hmm. rest, we need microservices that are hosted in the cloud. So it's like dependent mm-hmm. on, you need to be uh, in the cloud to to run them. But mm-hmm. the essential thing that people were trying to do is like schedule notebooks on a basis. Mm-hmm. So this is what we started providing okay. open source.
0: And so you mentioned that uh, tagging people, tagging people. So meaning, so once someone has done a template, you push once you validate it because you automated the process of, OK, he's sending me this template. Let's reduce this, this, and that. OK, if yeah. we have the, the input, um, the functions, and the output, and everything is correct, then we will review it. And if it's all good, we push it. Um, yeah. That's correct? That's the yeah. logic? Yeah, exactly. Okay. We we it so,
1: to master
0: branch. Awesome. And so once you've done that, when you push, you tag the person into the Git, right? So to um, give the we, person credit. We
1: already, he, 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 no, he, already, he was already um, pinged on the task. So th- there is an issue with all the list of the problems. All those issues are seen in a roadmap where you have all the backlog and stuff you need to do. Mm-hmm. Then they just say, hey, I want to work on this template. Then we add this guy to the issue. Wow. We create the pull request. And then the uh-huh. guy works on the pull request. The guy works on it. He send us a message like, hey, this is ready. Please review on the pull okay. request. So issue is the problem. Pull request is the solution. We check out the solution. And what the solution is checked and validated. Yes. Then we merge it to the master branch uh-huh. where all the templates live. Uh-huh. And um, Because every new notebook is a new branch in, in the thing. And then okay. I push it on social media. I use posts uh, and and sometimes videos to promote the work of
0: of, mm. uh, of the people. Mm-hmm. that's super interesting that's always some things that fascinate me like so talented people that will just work for free to like for the community like like all these libraries python libraries masters that build crazy libraries that everyone's going to use and uh, and they are just part of the project and well a lot of a lot of uh, the people who are doing this uh, i think really learn from what they're doing and this will really help them mm-hmm. but i'm always amazed about the this community spirit and NAS is a perfect example of, uh, of this. So thank you for sharing and for sharing. And you were mentioning, like, you were using a backlog, like kind of an agile method um, yeah. of a backlog, um, things to be done this week, and then uh, in pre- like doing and then done and all of that. Is this? Do you use a specific application uh, to do so? Oh, GitHub or... Project. GitHub, in Project. GitHub. GitHub yeah. Project allows you to manage this? Yes. GitHub, okay. GitHub all the way. Okay. Never, um, did you ever use tre- uh, Trello. Trello? Yeah, Trello? Yeah, we started on Trello. Oh, and then you switched to GitHub Project.
1: Yeah, because
0: one thing that I'm
1: also very, very hardcore about is use the minimum amount of tools.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a perfect transition. Can you give us a little bit of a. How do you organize yourself? What tools do you use? How do you be, How are you productive? Because you have the consulting company, you need to develop the, the NAS and you need also to review the people and the people that comments on Git and the community and post on social media and way a lot more things because you mentioned music, you mentioned a lot of patience. So how do you deal with all those things that are important to you? And how do you stay organized and keep time for yourself? I'm a minimalist the <laughs> short answer. <laughs> um,
1: I I have um very minimal approach to things. So I'm okay. I'm trying to get as as less things own as less things as I as I can. Um use the less amount of tools that I can use, uh, limit the number of interactions also I can have. Um it's all about limiting and curating rather than expanding and keep expanding i'm just because i have this kind of mind where my mind can go Mm -hmm. every time like it's Mm -hmm. it's not you don't you don't want to be in my mind so it's it's like explosion of ideas and stuff so Mm -hmm. i since the very beginning when i was little i always tried to i understood that i needed to like contain and and put like um, limits mm-hmm. and constraints, basically,
0: mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be
1: creative. Okay. Because otherwise, I think creativity is about constraints. It's about mm-hmm. pushing constraint to you, so you can do something in in the perimeter that you want, in time that you want, with the tools that you want. And if you don't succeed, then just do other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I'm using. My mails are everything. Like my mails are is my to do list. I'm deciding what to do and when to do it. I'm not like uh, next a slave on my of my emails, but it's my main channel of of communication. Mm-hmm. I use GitHub for all the code. I use LinkedIn and um, HubSpot for the sales and interactions. And there is this like Slack community that uh, where we have the the mm. chats. <clears throat> Other than that, Notion. Uh, for documentation um, mm-hmm. and um, and NAS for all the automation.
0: <laughs> NAS is, a, is a, uh, we were it's preparing the automation the,
1: engine. Yeah.
0: Exactly, it's uh, irreplaceable. NAS, yeah. check it out. Guys. Yeah. Um, awesome. And could yeah. you give us a little bit insights uh, of how do you organize your week and a day, like kind of I, template yeah. of. Uh,
1: I take no meetings until uh, Friday afternoon <laughs> um, and um, I work for clients Monday. I focus my time and and brain power on clients, topic customer topics on Monday, Tuesday uh-huh. um, and then um, midday Wednesday, I start like taking calls and um and work for everything open source and uh, products. Um, that's how basically I separate my week. I often work on weekends because I don't feel like it's anything like like the weekend or the week. <laughs> I can do pretty much what I mm-hmm. want in my schedule. But so yeah, that's that's how um, that's how
0: I do. Uh, mm. I really like the idea of like not getting in contact with anyone until Wednesday. Like yeah. so, so because a lot of the time, some meetings will be will interrupt you in doing something, and and you yeah. will need, it will take like a lot of time to get back into the place where you where you had this flow and you were going. And, yeah. And um yeah, all right. Well, that's uh very happy to 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 have learned. Uh, I hope you learned a lot of things too uh, on what we just discussed. Uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what uh, listens. Uh, You've learned, let us know what you think of NAS. I would like to ask you, as I said at the beginning, about uh, environmental issues and your posts on LinkedIn that are toward uh, these specific problems, environmental problems. Could you give us a little bit of perspective of your vision regarding using the data to solve environmental problems or social problems, uh, health problems?
1: yeah sure um, so the the reasoning behind, behind this is uh, when I was in finance I saw too many numbers on finance pure finance internal numbers mm-hmm. only about like how the industries uh, like all the like the machines are running how the sales are running it's all internal data mm-hmm. and I feel like we need to connect to the other the rest of the world data as a company it's a very it's a big problem for companies that don't see what's outside of their realm and that's that's a big big risk for for companies in the future to not consider other variables like you know covid was a big lesson for a lot of people so mm-hmm. in during covid in 2020 we started doing this thing called World situation room where we mm-hmm. had we created a dashboard with like covid indicator and 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 the financial indicator and mm-hmm. some companies started to look up and use this in their board meetings some big French companies were starting using it. So this project that I'm doing is kind of a long, long, long story about like, hey, we started doing this in during the COVID and now I'm I'm still working on it on and off. I'm trying to push on this, but it's always hard because it's not what brings you the money at the end of the of the month. So mm-hmm. I still have to work on other stuff, but this project, the word situation room project with this idea of creating an ind- a world health indicator. Is something mm. that I have in the back of my mind for a while, and um, I just think that if you, if we manage to pull and aggregate the data from different um, uh, sources, for eco- uh, environment but uh, social and uh, political and you know many different like uh, indicators that are free available, um, you can basically get those indicator in this, in this simple table and weight those indicators to be like hey political or like uh, gender diversity is this weight and Mm -hmm. you weight all your indicators you consider all the indicators on the same uh you know uh, scale from zero to ten let's say like all those indicators were will be rated from zero to ten and you can create with this uh, a a a global indicator of is the world better today than yesterday is the Mm -hmm. air quality better like basically air quality which is a daily thing is very interesting to follow like you can re- there is millions of people that do that have machines to to get the air quality, so you can really know if yesterday was better than um, uh, today um, through the, the the daily data that, that the mm-hmm. AQ API, uh, Open Air AQ something like that is is running. I'm going to to develop more about this specific one. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, companies should always have an eye on on one kind of indicator of how the world is doing overall and and also the ability to drill down inside the specifics of those public uh, indicators. Mm. I think it would just be better for us as a as, um, citizen as well. Um, mm. We Like you watch the like weather every day, you know that it's gonna be 25 degrees outside and you would wear this or wear that. <laughs> Why not like having this kind of stuff for, um the planet health you know like how how things are going if if we during covid we saw a real big drop into like all the air quality biodiversity stuff like that it's just good to understand you cannot do anything about it you cannot do anything about the weather i mean but you could actually do some things when it's come, mm-hmm. it comes to the you know the word health uh mm-hmm. you know you can actually try to 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 do some actions so i feel like it's 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 good for companies society would be also uh benefit it would benefit society as well to have this kind of indicator running mm. so it's like the, the big project that i the big dream project that i have in the back of my head to be able to put this indicator and and automate the way that this indicator is produced every single day through maybe twitter post and you know a dashboard and yeah it's just i'm i'm just on and off on this project never really finished it <laughs> but i think it's it's uh as, you, as we were saying before, it's a, you, you cannot really see success in one year. This project mm. was 2020 and it's still running. In mm. So 2020, one year, two years, three years. I think in 10 years, eventually, we have a good indicator that everybody can look at. Um, but um, yeah, that's, that's how I see it. So I'm inviting everyone, literally everyone, uh, that wants to, to help and, uh, and follow what I'm trying to figure out with this uh, word health indicator. Um, on LinkedIn, I'm posting about it uh, and um, and you can reach out anytime.
0: That's super interesting. I am personally, uh, and the people who are listening, would have uh, listened, me, listened to me talk about this multiple times, but I'm very passionate about education. And I feel like all those indicators individually, that won't mean that much. We won't be able to do that much. But let's say now that we have this indicator in production and like worldwide. And we can see the maps and we can see like we can go into details of like places and then we can use this indicator with like um poverty indicators in the world with uh educational uh, lack of uh, like lack, lack of schools and like having a world map with all the schools and and like then using algorithms that can map out where we need to build map uh, where we need to build new schools that will help the most of the people there. And that would be those indicators one by one won't add anything, but like building all those indicators together and being able to share all this data because in the end, these data like if if the intention is good and and, and the, the people who are building these tools have good intentions and, and equality of opportunities in mind and just like trying to help out because as you mentioned, those projects don't bring money and those indicators itself you can see them in like how the companies can implement them in their meetings to like have a better understanding of the world but i I truly feel that long term many of these indicators will allow us to build tools that will have a crazy impact on uh, equality of opportunities and i'm really Really looking forward to learn more from from your visualizations and, and what you're building whether it's Nas. Uh, whether it's as a consulting company whether it's uh, health uh, whether it's an indicator Um, this is super inspiring so thanks a lot we've reached a little bit to the end of the episode and I have just two more questions about you but uh, I wanted to thank you a lot for taking the time to share with us Uh, I know that you are pretty busy and and you don't take a lot of meetings (laughs) so thank you for uh, for being here and sharing with us on the podcast it was really great to talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Uh two last questions. The first one is how can people reach out to you? Where can they see uh what you do? Uh is it GitHub? Is it LinkedIn? What what yeah. do you have available for What's people the, to see? GitHub, LinkedIn and Twitter. Okay. So I will, and I will, I will put have
1: a YouTube channel that I might use a lot more um, Mm-hmm.
0: Individual. I have, I put all the links, uh, I will put all the links in the description of the podcast so that you can find uh, Jeremy um, on his socials. Um, we are experimenting on, on Let's Talk AI Twitch live to like build live things and discuss or learn things live, you know, like for example, we take a, we take a Flask application and we try to do something and uh, we just do it live with thinking out loud process. And we just started recently. We're just trying things out, but uh, super interesting. Um, And last question, uh, and I thank you again for coming on the podcast, is do you have any message? It can be anything. It can be related to AI. uh, It can be related to you, to you, to whatever. But do you have any message for us? (laughs)
1: Uh, I don't know. Um, I think one of the things the people suffer the most is the title that they have to do stuff. So I would say like, Fuck the titles and
0: and just uh, focus on on being useful. (laughs) You've heard it. Fuck the title. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks a lot, Jeremy, uh, again for your time. And I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you, man. Bye. Congrats. You've made it to the end. I hope you had a great time and that you learned a few things. To learn more about AI, you can subscribe to my newsletter or check the blog. And to support the podcast, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also share it with two friends, colleagues or family members that might be interested. I wish you to have a wonderful day. Bye.